Welcome into the Deep Slant Podcast presented by Xfinity. Count on a powerful and secure Wi-Fi connection for all your devices. Xfinity XFi. Can your internet do that? Welcome in. It's week nine, and I have a little bit of an announcement. This is actually the last Deep Slant podcast, so um, I don't know if you've been following much on social media or radio, and I'm sure the announcements will start coming out slowly. I have been too busy, actually, to really post anything official just yet, but Sunday's game against Tampa Bay is my last game, so after 10 and a half seasons of covering the Houston Texans, I'm moving on to another great opportunity. And I'm so I'm so thrilled to have covered this team and done these podcasts. And I think the player interviews are just my favorite part of my job, aside from the games, of course. And, you know, I'm I'm actually really thrilled with this last guest because it just sort of worked out this way. But uh, last guest on the Deep Slant podcast is going to be Laramie Tunsil, who does not really love talking to the media, but he sure has come out of his shell uh, recently just with the way he's played on the field and getting so much attention, um, you know, for the new contract signing. He's just all over the place. Pat McAfee, Adam Schefter, the Pivot podcast. Uh, those guys were following him around in training camp. So uh, he's my last podcast guest, and I was his first when he got here in 2019. And I think we've this this is our third time that we've we've sat down together and chatted. So, it's kind of a full circle moment. We talk about how much Laramie's grown and changed since he got here in 2019. And uh, you know, I we had a lot of fun. He knew it was my last podcast and so he was kind enough to oblige um on a crazy Wednesday. So, we sat down, had a really nice long lengthy chat um just about him and then of course fashion, jewelry, travel, uh, the Divine Tree, his project, everything he's working on, where he wants to travel, all that and more. And then, of course, we're going to preview the Tampa Bay Bucks. They're three and four, just like the Texans. And I caught up with my friend Casey Phillips, team reporter for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, who have a new quarterback in Baker Mayfield. So what are we going to make of these these Bucks? Are they good? Um, are they on the way up? They've lost three in a row. What's the deal? Uh, We're going to get into all that in this week's podcast, the final Deep Slant podcast. But first, Xfinity delivers the fastest internet in Houston, stream Texans games on a powerful and secure Wi-Fi network, and count on a reliable connection for all your devices, Xfinity XFi. Can your internet do that? All right, let's get right into it. Three-time Pro Bowler, year eight, year five with the Texans. I think he's the best left tackle in the NFL, Laramie Tunsil, right here on the Deep Slant podcast. Laramie Tunsil, this is actually my official last deep slam. Oh, it's crazy. It's yo. perfect that you're my last guest because <laughs> you, you hate talking, you hate doing <laughs> interviews, sure. or I you used interviews. to. I'm getting used to them. You are getting used to them I because am. this is your third time sitting down with me. Mm-hmm. And this offseason, you're like talking to Pat McAfee. You're just like Everybody. a regular. You had the pivot, the pivot following you around. I had Adam Schefter. You had Adam Schefter. I had a couple, I had a couple, a couple platforms that I did. What was your was favorite cool. one? Are you allowed um, to say? Probably the pivot. The pivot was yeah, cool. Yeah, that was a the big deal. It was cool, about 45 minutes. They made me feel comfortable. They was asking good questions. It was smooth. They were like, you were like a superstar that day because they had the whole crew. They were. We were trying to figure out who they were there for. We Obviously, it was there for right. you. But um, what did you like about telling your story to them? You had a lot of stories for them, I had a lot way. of stories. I got a lot of stories. People don't understand. You do I have a lot to tell of people, stories. Like, I have stories for days. <laughs> like, just <laughs> ask me and I can give you a story. But no, nah, they just made me feel comfortable. Yeah. You know, I talked to them guys before and... Um, you know, they came in a room. They was great. They had great questions. So they made it easy. You like not talking about football. I remember my first interview with you back in 2019, right after you got traded. You did an interview right off the bat, and and I was told Laramie does not want to talk about no football anything questions. football. No and football I and questions. I and I it was really hard to find stuff on you because 
you were not out there the way that you are now. Right. Like you were not on social media. Mm -hmm. There were not there weren't any real stories about you. I didn't even know like what you were into. Right. And I feel like since 2019, you've changed so much, mm -hmm. both on the field and off the field. But what do you? Where do you think you have changed the most? I have opened up a lot more. I can, I can, I can actually say that. I was still in my shell. I was trying to get over that that incident that happened in 2016 at the draft. I was still trying to get over that. You know, I just wanted to open up more, get, let let a lot of people know who I am, and just be comfortable just doing that. You know, a lot of people don't know that. Okay, we did that interview. Second interview was last year because then you were injured. There was one year where I wanted to interview you. Got injured last year. We sort of talked about it. It was like a negotiation. Yeah, I don't think yeah. I've ever worked so hard to get a player to an interview. We it started was, in like was. camp. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Laramie, we'll do an interview. Laramie just kept saying no. And then we negotiated like what we would talk about. Mm -hmm. And then finally you said yes. And then now I feel like uh, I feel like I have opened the door. You would have. you say that's true? For sure. You for really? Sure. Mm -hmm. You'll go on the record sure. and say I opened the door yeah. for you. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's like, how'd you get Laramie to talk? And I said it was not easy. What about off the field? How have you changed I feel like your fashion's changed fashions, quite a bit. Fashion's for sure changed off the field. A little um, bit of money helps with that, too. A little money it? helps yeah. with that. <laughs> uh, a, a lot of money helps with that, for sure. Um, and I just try to, like, become like this businessman, you know what I mean? Yes. Because, you know, I have no agent, so I just try to build myself up and become this, like, CEO of my business team, you know what I mean? You know, I got the vine tree, you know, I be trying to... You do. I want to get into that. Yeah, yeah. Let's, do it. let's uh -huh. talk about divine tree. Let's do it. You want to talk about yeah, divine tree? Talk about okay. Tree. Well, let me ask you about your fashion because that's interesting that you say that. You do dress a little bit more CEO like. You got like a little briefcase. Got the briefcase. You're like super dressed up. Do you remember the, your first year? You're wearing these like Gucci joggers. Yes. And I, I comp do you remember what? I, yeah. Do you know where I'm going with this? Yeah. I forgot that you commented on there. What I commented on them and you told me they were fake. And I said, "Don't tell anybody <laughs> they're fake." <laughs> They you were wearing fake Gucci joggers. They weren't fake. They weren't fake. They I, tell, fake. I tell everybody that. Because they be like, what you got right here? I'd be like, oh, it's fake. You know, just Because you don't want to draw any attention yes, to yourself? there you go. Yes. Okay. You have diamonds in your teeth, Laramie. Like, Try it's very hard to. You can't see it. Like, I can't see like it. This, it's like, like really, really subtle. Yeah. But if I smile, then it's. Why did you want to do that? I'll just look gift to myself. You know it's what I mean? It's a gift to yourself. gift to myself. Okay. Speaking of gifts, our producer, Josh, wants to buy himself his first. He's like dying that I'm asking you this. One asked me, he wants to buy himself a piece of jewelry. Mm. He does not own any jewelry. And he was asking me what his first piece of jewelry should be. And I said, I'm, I think I'm going to ask Laramie this question. For a man, what should be the first piece of jewelry uh, that you get? That's tough. Maybe like a bracelet, maybe? Oh, that's what he was thinking. A bracelet, yeah. A bracelet, yeah. necklace, or a pinky ring. Gotta, a, I said a pinky ring. Got to have the pinky ring. <laughs> you take you take a, take a drink, you got to put the pinkies yes. up. <laughs> I said, I think you should put a pinky ring with the pinkies up. Um, I also suggested diamonds in the teeth. He didn't really see it. Uh, if he's that. ready for that, let's do it. No, not first, though, right? You can if you we want can to. work it. your way up to Maybe it. you should get a grill. Maybe nah, you should get a grill. If you saw Josh, you would <laughs> laugh. Um, okay, so you want to talk about Divine Tree. <laughs> like about you've, Divine you've really grown your brand mm -hmm. a bit. And I'm still trying to understand what Divine Tree is. It seems like it's a big umbrella that covers like a lot of things. Exactly what it is. Okay. It's a creative so what umbrella. So sort of what sort of things go under your creative umbrella? So we do a lot of things. We do sports. We do music. We do personal training. It could be cooking. It could be what? anything you can think of. And go so right who's into the, managing all these different things? Are you, are you finding people that are talented at these things? And so like, I actually have a manager. His name is Lalu Sani, who okay. actually managed Divine Tree. It's his, it was his idea. So 
<laughs> funny story. You got a story. Okay, like stories for days. Yeah. So the um, so Lalu Seni, we went to college together. He's my manager now. We went to college together. We met my freshman year at Ole Miss. And um, long story short, we I got drafted to Miami. Um, and he used to come down, you know, come visit me, watch some games, and then go back home. So I think he came down back in 2000, 2017, He came down. And we in Miami, so you know we we getting ready to go out have some fun, right? Okay. So we in an Uber, and we head into like uh this club. So we in the car. He looked at me. He was like, "Bro, I got something to tell you. Like, I want to present something to you." Okay. I was like, "Bro, like I'm, I'm drinking. Like I'm ready. Yeah, I'm like ready I don't think I should be making yeah, financial like, decisions." I'm ready to go out, but I'm like, I'm like, you know what? I listen. Like, what you got to me? He was yeah. like, he's like, "Bro, I got this creative umbrella. It's called Divine Tree." Okay. Right, he got he put up the PDF. He's showing me. He was like, "Listen, this bro, like we can have everything under me. Like it's a tree. Like it's yeah. he was just telling me everything." I'm like, "Bro, like cool, like cool, like but we finna get ready to go out." But that's how he presented the tree okay. to me, and then we actually just blew it up. We actually got um a YouTube series. Protection. So I saw I don't know. the YouTube. Yeah. I I saw the YouTube, and you have episodes that come out. Episodes. This is season three. Uh, season three. Yeah, like it's been out for a while. Five. Yeah. You even put out episodes during the season. Yeah. Okay, so what's like what's gonna happen this season on Divine Tree? Like what? So what can we protect? It's called protect the tree. So it's okay. really just a, a, a oh day. protect the trees the protect, series. Yeah, protect the trees the series for the Divine Tree. The okay, divine got tree. it. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's really just like a day of life of of me and my gang. Like they, they, we have a camera, just follow us and just do anything. So I think this next episode that's coming out, we dropping six and seven. Okay, I think we dropping it next week, if uh, to my understanding, but. This one is just like CJ's birthday party or, you know, when we played Atlanta, it's just like a lot of random things. You yeah. Know I mean? You went to Japan this off season. You had it. Did you do a whole thing on I Japan? Didn't have, I didn't have my camera guy coming to Japan. You had all these me. fantastic pictures from Tokyo. I, I wish you would have came with me. It was a good trip. That was Maybe you go back again oh, and then sure make that an episode. So I went I went to um, Japan for two weeks. Yes. I'm going to go back out there for like a month. Didn't you? Okay, so you went to Japan. This was your first time in Japan. Yeah. I went to Japan like a week or two after you went because mm-hmm. I was looking at all your pictures. Mm-hmm. I think we hit some of the same spots. Well, did you you definitely bought a lot more I than bought I bought. I bought a lot of stuff. There was a lot stuff. of great shopping in, in Tokyo. And it's cheap out there, yo. Yeah. I mean, so I it's cheap. cheap as relative, but I mean, it was like, <laughs> it was really nice shopping. Um, I thought it was really interesting that of all the places you go, you went to Tokyo. I had to go to Tokyo. And you loved it. Loved what, it. what did you love about it in particular? First of all, I just love how nice the people was. Yeah, they're how so nice, respectful. They was nice, so yeah, respectful. Yeah. The city is clean. Very like, clean. There's no trash anywhere. Like, I don't know if you paid attention. Like, there's no, no trash, trash cans no either. No trash cans anywhere. Like, the, I didn't notice that. And just like the food. I think every day I ate ramen. Yeah. Every day I had a, a bowl ramen. of ramen. Do you ramen. like sushi? And I do like sushi. Okay. I like sushi a lot. So you're set. Yeah. Sushi I had, and ramen. Every day I had a bowl of ramen. And they told you like it's disrespectful if you don't go in there and slurp the um yes pause I got I got because my guys <laughs> my guys in the room was crazy so pause that but you have to slurp the noodles it's a sign of like respect that you them. really are enjoying yeah the food. And, the, and the food is good like if you don't slurp it they kind of look at you like is my food nasty so really kinda, yeah 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 <laughs> slurping so the noodles pause yeah <laughs> okay so where would you go if you go anywhere right like after the season where like where do you think is the next place you I gotta go? go back to Japan for sure okay I gotta go to Amsterdam. I feel like you have mentioned Amsterdam pre-COVID, like yeah, I have to and you're go not to Amsterdam gone. A couple so that's times. where you want to go. That's yeah. the next stop. Yeah. What do you want? What do you? You just want to like check out just, Amsterdam, yeah, the Amsterdam? Yeah, yeah. Check out the scene. Any, any, anywhere else? Um, Amsterdam, Japan. No, that's really just on my list. Now off season is like a lot of training, so you know I'll be trying yeah. to get the. This off season was a little busy for you too. It I was mean, a you signed you signed like a contract. Yeah, yeah, I had extension, to enjoy that. Just I had that. Enjoy it. Now it's back to work. You know. No, I mean? back to work. Yeah, you did that, contract. and you went on your trip. Okay, your contract extension. 
I feel like at the end of last year, we started hearing about Larry Tunsil wants to stay in Houston. He wants to get a contract extension. But like in the last three years, three head coaches, a lot of stuff had changed. Like you could have been like, you know what? There's a lot of change. There's going to be another new head coach. Like right. I want to go somewhere else. But you really wanted to come back here, even knowing that there was going to be a new head coach. Mm-hmm. So why why did you want to stay at Texan? I believe in this program. Like I believe like everything was going to change and head into the right direction. And look, you did. Look, where's that? I knew it was going to get a franchise quarterback. That's so baller. And then you knew uh, that. You I, did I, not. I knew, did, you, did you know I, that? I, I knew it because uh-huh. I knew like things not going to stay the same for too, for so long. You know what yeah. I mean? So I knew things were going to change around. I wanted to be a part of that. You know, I wanted to be a part of a, a rebuilding franchise and, you know, be the, the head guy in that franchise. Like, you know what I mean? as a player, when you, because you've been through it now a couple of times, when a coach, when there's a coaching search is going on and you see all the coaches in the coaching cycle, like, what was your reaction when, because all these teams wanted to hire D'Amico Ryans. I think right. he had a request from every single open position. I mean, and then he comes here. So, like, what was your reaction? I was, I was excited. Yeah, I was former happy. player. I feel like that's what we needed, a former player, a player's coach. You've never, have you ever played for a former player as a head coach? I don't think so. I mean, you I haven't have here. Not. I have not. I have not. Yeah. Mm-mm. So what did you like about the fact that, I mean, he's a defensive coach. That didn't he is seem a defensive to, coach. It's, no, it's not. That was it's okay. not a problem at all. Yeah. And he's young, too. So he's like he's played, so it's relatable. You know, what I mean, I could talk to him, and be like, "Oh, how you feel about this, or what you think about that." So it's relatable. Yeah, he's not too to far him. removed from and the game. No, nah, he's not, and he's consistent. Like I know what I'm gonna get from D'Amico every single day, and that's important for us. I think that's what we needed yeah. in this franchise. Does it is it does it hit different knowing that he also was in your shoes not that long ago? Yeah, it like, does hit different. What he's like, telling you to do, yeah, you're like, okay, exactly. he's speaking from a point of first-person perspective, exactly. like he's done this. That's important. I think that's important for all of us. Yeah, I mean, not many people have the luxury. of Playing for it's a guy that that's been through it at the level that he's been at. Not that many. And a Pro Bowl player. Like, he played at a high level. Oh, he did. You know what I mean? Yeah. Second year, all pro. That's crazy. Defensive rookie of the year. Like, any accolades, he got them. He got that. Oh, um, CJ, sure. one of the first things that CJ said was that after he got drafted, hit you and up. Titus hit him up. Hit him up ASAP. Yeah. Like, let's get this ball rolling, bro. Yeah. I was excited. I was excited. Had you watched a lot of CJ in college? I was a big fan of CJ. You especially, were. like, I think it was like CJ Bryce. Like, I was watching both of them. And I was yeah. Like, CJ Bryce. And I think when they played Georgia, that's when he won me over. I was like, this dude is balling against a really good team. Uh huh. So on draft night, CJ, CJ, CJ. It was CJ. CJ, CJ and CJ, then, yeah. oh, we trade up Will Anderson. And oh, then yeah. you were like, "This, I knew it. I knew this is what we were going to do. Nick was going crazy that day. Nick was, going <laughs> <laughs> Nick was going crazy. Nick does a good job. I think Nick liked being behind the scenes. I said this the other day in an uh, interview. Nick's like be behind the scenes, but he be going crazy. Yeah. Nick Nick know how to draft. Nick know how to. He was wheeling first. a deal on draft night. Yeah, he was. And as a as a player, like you're seeing all these new new players come in. I feel like last year I remember all the young guys, all the, the guys that were rookies last year. Yeah. Talking about you, mm-hmm. and you like loved last year's rookie, like Jalen, Damian, and this oh, year I feel like the same it's way. the same. Same way. But I feel like that's also how you've changed since you got here. I mm. think when you first got here, you were like really quiet, you were chill, you still are, but I think ever since you became captain, like you have just taken on a different role, yeah, or maybe sure. maybe that was coming and the captain sort of like of course, yeah. you felt captain like you could took, be more vocal. Yeah, for what? sure I could be more vocal, but I kind of like just lead with my actions. You know what I mean? I like I like being consistent with my actions. Maybe I'm not not as vocal. I like to pull players to the side and talk to them if, if they need to be like talked to. 
but it's more of like actions with me. Like I try to stay consistent with everything I do. You will know? you be? Will you tell a player if you think like, hey, you shouldn't? You should do it. Like, will you be critical of a player too? It's more of like, hey, like I think this will work. But I mean, oh, do what you want. Oh, you know it's like I mean? a po- it's yeah, like a positive. Yeah, I think this like, will work. Like try this, you know, try yeah. this and see if it works. Yeah, but I'll be trying to let them be themselves. Cause that, that's important too, you know. Do you find that players come to you for advice? Yeah, I think so. They call me OG, but I feel like this is year eight. I'm still young. <laughs> I mean, this is year, what, eight? Year eight. Year eight. And five with the Texans, which five to me is crazy that you've played more of your career here That's crazy. than in Miami. Yeah, in Miami. Do you like how in Miami, I feel like every time your name gets mentioned, there's this, maybe you've seen on social media, there's like this fake Laramie statue, statue that they put in front of the stadium because of all the, like, obviously you came here for a lot no, of picks. For sure, for sure. And they turned those picks. I mean, you're, you're the gift that keeps that giving give. to Miami. That's the Montre logo, though. Is it really? Yeah. The gift that keeps giving? <laughs> Let's keep giving. That is funny. But yeah, no, nah, they actually put that statue up for real. No, nah, for sure. They got to put that statue oh, up. Oh, they do have they to have put that to statue put up. up for sure. I feel like we should get a statue of you before Miami. Absolutely, right? Maybe both places can get a statue. I love it. I love All it. right. <laughs> yeah, so then you, you come here. You've been here for five years. Not many people have been here as long as you and have been through all the different coaches. Like me, you got here, it was like the you and Titus yep. on offense. Mm-hmm. Your relationship with Titus, I feel like you guys are really close. After you got your deal done, you were very vocal about Titus getting uh-huh. his deal done, and Titus got his <laughs> deal, got done. deal done. Yeah. yeah. I, do you think that maybe one day when you retire, this might be your calling? Like financially, what? just like helping players out, absolutely. giving them for advice, sure. getting sure. deals them done. Absolutely. Like kind of like an agent, but like a advisor, like an advisor role. I'd be like an advisor, manager maybe. Who knows? Not the agent though, no agent. You don't want to be an agent. No you want to be an advisor. I'd be like an advisor. All advisor. right. Well, Laramie, it is my last deep slant, and I feel like we always talk about you being an all-pro because talk I feel like you. you're like it. really close. What do you think you need to do to get there? I feel like last year you had that type of season. Yeah, I did. I did. Um I don't know, man. I just control what I control, and that's being consistent. I think that's one of my biggest things. It's just every game I go to is just like how to stay consistent in the good and the bad. You know what I mean? But also having a ball of quarterback that might help me. Yeah, you there's a lot I mean? more attention a lot of, on you. A lot of I mean, you've, got a lot on of atten- you've gotten a lot of attention yeah. even in losing seasons. But yeah, it's a lot of eyes on CJ, so maybe that can help me. And you know, team success is a huge thing in all pro. Yes. So maybe that help me too. But just focus on what we can focus on. That's winning games and helping the team. You know. All right, I love to hear. It. Best of luck, Laramie. Appreciate it. Great stuff from Laramie. You can follow him at King Tunsil, and you can see all of his amazing travel pictures and his fashion pictures. He really has upped his fashion game. Um, and I that was news to me that his Gucci pants back in 2019 were real. I should have known better. I thought they were really good fakes. Uh, but he, he is hilarious, and uh, we took some cool pictures afterwards. There's a video version of this as well if you want to check out our YouTube page under HoustonTexans.com. Uh, if you're a podcast person, then hey. This is perfect for you because the podcast is going to keep going. I am going to chat with Casey Phillips. We're going to talk about the Bucs and what the Texans can expect on Sunday. We're going behind enemy sidelines this week with Casey Phillips. She's the team reporter for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's been a while since I've talked to you, Casey, but here these two teams are. Um, and tell me a little bit about the Bucs. After a 3-1 and one start, they're on a three-game losing skid. So, What's really been the difference these past three games for the Bucs and what do they need to do to sort of get get their season turned around? Yeah, I really think it comes down to trying to get the offense going a little bit more that the defense is doing a great job of limiting points. I know there's still things that they feel like they could be doing more of, but offensively, 
it's just been a little tough. Some missed opportunities in the red zone, um, struggling to get the run game going, which then, of course, we know affects the rest of your offense. If you don't have the run game going, everything else is a little bit harder to you know, get that expansion, that space, if, if maybe the play action isn't biting quite the way that it normally would. So really, I think it's getting some chunk runs would be huge. Um, just getting that yards per carry up a little bit would really take a lot of the pressure off. And even just a little bit of shooting ourselves in the foot that there's been a lot of penalties at some really inopportune times. So when your offense is already struggling to get going consistently, and then you'd actually end up with one of those chunk runs. And then all of a sudden it's called back for holding or, Oh, you've gotten going on the drive a little bit. And then there's a false start penalty that it just always felt like as soon as they'd start to get something going, like, Oh, there's one of those penalties or there's one of those lapses in, you know, in the mental side of things. So I think that really it's about, you know, I hear teams talking about the whole, we beat ourselves versus them beating us. And I think there are some times they really are feeling like lately they've been beating themselves. So um, trying to play a little bit cleaner and hopefully get the offense going a little bit earlier defense and not having to be on the field quite so long would be really big. Yeah. You mentioned the run game, not getting going, but the passing game, Baker Mayfield's thrown 10 touchdowns to just four interceptions. It's year six for him. As the season has progressed, it seems like obviously he's been throwing the ball more. So last two games, 42 pass attempts against both the Falcons and the Bills. What have you seen from Baker Mayfield? What has he done really well in this offense in his first season with the Bucs? Yeah, so one thing we've really loved watching for Baker is his third down ability and then also just extending plays no matter what that he has escaped some sacks that all of us were like, how, how did you get out of that with his legs? He's extended some things at some really key times. And I think it's just funny that after, you know, a couple of years of Tom Brady, where he was just pretty much going to stand in that pocket. Like we knew where Brady was going to be. That was it. And he was really good at just getting rid of the football when he needed to. So he avoided sacks, avoided things like that. But Baker is able to maneuver a little bit more, extend some plays. So even when some pressure comes, he's been able to do some stuff to give us a chance on on some third downs and for some conversions. And he's just played so tough, too, that the way he's been doing that has gotten the team fired up. I think it was uh, week two, maybe even maybe even week one he threw a stiff arm on a run and you just saw the whole team be like, excuse me, like, look at this guy. So I think he's brought a little bit of that moxie, that attitude, that swagger to it. And it is a guy that a lot of the, the guys love to fight for, play for. He's brought a lot of leadership where very quickly seemed to endear himself to a lot of the guys, has gone to O-line dinners, you know, is really working to have that bond and that leadership. And we didn't vote for captains until around, I think, week four, maybe, because they wanted it to be based on actual gameplay and, and the season going. So instead of doing it before the whole season started, they waited and he got voted captain. And everybody said, yeah, it wasn't just something about he's the quarterback. Let's put him at captain. It was we had watched what he'd done through this point in the season. And, and they really felt like he'd earned that. And, and the leadership was great. Yeah, he's certainly shown some toughness. I know in that Thursday night game against Buffalo, he was dealing with some knee soreness. He was still able to play through it. Now that he's had about 10 days off, the team's had a nice little mini buy there. How much do you think the knee was an issue? And do you think that was affecting his play? And, and what has this extra time done for him physically? Yeah, I don't know how much it was affecting him or not, but I know that he said that he feels great now and that um, I do think that the mini buy was very helpful for for him and anybody else that was banged up. I mean, as much as teams don't like having early bye weeks, in some ways for us having a bye week and a mini buy already has been very helpful because 
there have been some kind of key injuries or guys that are at least a little bit banged up during those times. I'm sure that come December, we're going to be really wishing we had one of those too. But um, for now, yeah, he seems to feel great, full participant at practice, according to injury reports. It's one of those where you never know in the moment what he was feeling or what it, it could have meant. But it seemed like he was still, even with that knee brace on against Buffalo, was still running around, escaping. I will say that it does feel like in these last few games, there's been a little less of the the bootlegs and the rollouts as compared to earlier in the season. It seems like he is really good at throwing on on the move, that he's done a really great job of that, enjoys rolling out. So I, I will be interested to see if maybe that comes back a little bit more. You know, I don't know. Now that maybe he's back to 100%. Either way, he's been great at extending the plays and running. But yeah, I think to see some more design stuff, it'll be interesting to see if that was just kind of a fluke or if that was something they're going to design a little bit more, but yeah, he's um, it seems like he's feeling great and, and ready to go. Another player that seems to have benefited from the mini buy is nose tackle Vita Vea. So it looks like he was able to practice this week after not playing against the bills. If, if he does return to the starting lineup, you know, what is the biggest impact that he has when it comes to playing against the Texans offense? Yeah, that's a, it's a large man. He's a very, he just, even if he just stands there, you know, he's really going to make things complicated. No, he really is truly a game changer out there, whether it's for pass and run. And that's what I think is so amazing is that at his position, he has been leading the team in sacks last year and this year, which is wild. That should not be a thing at his position. And it's partially, I think they are are going to want a little bit more from the outside linebackers and other people, but it's also just that Vita has been that good that even through double teams, he is able to shed that and still bring pressure on the quarterback, still get in the backfield to be able to bring some guys down in the run game. So he is just such a big body, but he's not one of those big bodies that can't move. I mean, he really still has some impressive get off and impressive ability to shed some blocks and stuff. And so, and I think now even having our rookie defensive lineman next to him, Kalijah Kansi, who's a little bit smaller, but incredibly quick. I think that the two of them next to each other is a lot for offensive lines to handle. And I will say, knowing what you guys have been dealing with on the injury front there, I, uh, I feel bad for whatever it is. You're, I don't know, third, fourth string center at this point to have to, go against a guy like Vita is uh, quite a tall order. I mean, we thought he should just take like another week off to rest and recover. So yeah. it's yeah, not it ideal so nice. to have a new starting center against one of the best nose tackles in the league. Uh, speaking of the defense, Todd Bowles, uh, the defense has been really stingy against the run there in Tampa Bay ranks first in red zone defense. What do you think has been the recipe for success for this Tampa Bay defense when it comes to, to the red zone area? Yeah, it's funny. I was interviewing our cornerback Carlton Davis today and asked him about that. And he was like, honestly, I don't know. I think we're just we've been really good at, you know, our efficiency there and our execution that we just are executing really well when it comes to the red zone. If I were to guess, I think a lot of it is that our personnel works really well for the red zone that, you know, our DBs, especially guys like Carlton, love some press man, love getting up in your face, putting hands on you, working in those tight spaces. We got some decently sized corners there as well. Um, like I said, you got guys like Vita Vea up front being able to bring a lot of in your face pressure. So it's already such a tiny space that you're operating in. And then you got a guy like Vita coming up in your face. It's going to make it a little bit harder and take away even more of that field for you. Um, and then also our linebackers are great in coverage. So, you know, there was a play I saw against the Bills that was amazing where you watched Levante David and Devin White pass off uh, Dalton Kincaid between the two of them with just signals and 
it was it was pretty impressive watching that Levante, even though he's been in this league for a thousand years now, it seems like can cover, you know, tight ends and everybody else incredibly well, even in a one on one situation. So I just think your your matchups are so good that it's really hard for opposing offenses. And, and yeah, red zone defense has been huge. There's definitely still some other areas that they they want to improve on, but that's definitely been an area that they've excelled at. All right. So before I let you go, I have to ask about Mike Evans. He's on pace for another thousand yard receiving season. We heard all the reports, possible trade rumors. None of that happened. But Mike Evans back in the fold there, obviously a top target for that Bucks offense. What makes him so tough to defend even this many years into the league? Yeah, here you thought maybe you'd be without Vita Vea and Mike Evans, right? We were that was hoping. Be handy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Not the yeah, case. Mike, Mike is truly incredible. I think he is just such a challenging cover for corners because he's so big and strong and long that your smaller corners are going to struggle with that. But he can still run. I mean, he's 6'5", and you wouldn't think it that that guy, especially in space, he's got those long strides. He can get out and run. And so if you got a bigger guy on him, that's going to be challenging. So I think he just presents a lot of mismatches and can really catch in traffic. So even to me, I just always laugh at how often he makes these catches where I'm like, he's not open and that's irrelevant. <laughs> it's just like he can go get it. He can do whatever he needs to do, make those contested catches. And it's just the consistency over so many years. And it is still crazy that I don't, I mean, he's had so many different quarterbacks over that span and to still every single year be getting that thousand yards just shows that he can get it done. It doesn't matter who's throwing him the ball. It doesn't matter what else is going on. He's had so many variables and factors and just every year shows up and does it. All right. Should be a good matchup. Bucks have never won in Houston, by the way. So it'll be a, a fun matchup on Sunday. Both teams at three and four Sunday noon kick Casey Phillips, team reporter for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Casey is always a pleasure catching up with you. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. In their series against each other, the Texans have won four of their five matchups against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The only game the Bucs won was back in 2003. Uh, they beat the Texans 16-3 in Tampa Bay, and the Texans have won every game since. So they hope to keep that streak going as this Deep Slant podcast streak ends. I thank you so much for listening and all the great feedback over the years. That's going to do it for this podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and as always, go Texans.